Hi there, I'm Keith Cauley and this is Thrive, a Bridgestone America's podcast where we explore our company through compelling conversations with teammates across our organization. We have been very themed in recent episodes as we dig deeper on sustainability and what specifically that means in a lot of different areas of our company. Today, we are taking a look under the hood of the Sustainability Business Office, which has been formed in the past few years to explore the potential ability to advance and scale different sustainable business initiatives related to materials, end-of-life tires, our business ventures, and beyond. Our expert guests today are Eric Seidel and Marcella Castaño, and they are here to help explain many of the popular acronyms we've been hearing lately around our company at Bridgestone, and also connect the dots on a lot of initiatives that ladder up to Enlighten and our Bridgestone E8 commitment. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Well, we are joined today by two leaders who are going to really break down some of the sustainable business initiatives and honestly, a lot of terminology. We're going to talk some acronyms today. We're going to learn a lot of glossary terms in the world of sustainable business uh, here at Bridgestone. But I'm joined across the table by Eric Seidel. He is the vice president of sustainability business at Bridgestone Americas. Eric, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And here in between us is Marcella Castaño. She is the lead applied researcher of sustainable materials and circular economy at Bridgestone Americas, working out of Akron, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct? correct. Yes. Welcome. Thanks for coming by. Thank you for having us. And we want to start like we always do by getting to know a little bit more about each of you. Um, we did have uh, Bill Nayura on the podcast before, and so he's introduced, I think, some of these great terms we're going to talk about today. Um, but before we get into that very scientific world of sustainability, Sustainability. Let's learn about the journeys from each of you, because I think they've got a little a little adventure to both of them as well. But Eric, let's go across the table. How did you get to sitting across from me here today? What's brought you to this point? The car. The car. See, yeah, We're, yeah. we'll break it down into the base level. I like it. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I've had the uh, the honor to work with Bridgestone the last ten years across a multiple of different uh, functions and businesses. So. Everything from marketing and sales to corporate development and now sustainability. So. Uh, and the background, where were you maybe before Bridgestone and the experience? Oh, we're going way back. Well, I'd just like to give the breadth of the portfolio. Yeah, it'll be helpful. Well, yeah. uh, I'm a recovering engineer, first oh. and foremost. So that was many, many moons ago. But uh, before that, I was in the business world, consumer packaged goods before Bridgestone. Gotcha. Well, we're happy to have you celebrating a decade at Bridgestone Americas. Um, Marcella, what about you? What's been your journey and your background in your career? Well, sustainability has always been in my DNA. I was um, born and raised in Colombia, mm -hmm. where I witnessed uh, firsthand the impact of um, industry and commercialization in the environment. So I did my bachelor's in chemistry in Colombia, and then I moved to the U.S. Uh, for my Ph.D. in polymer science, where mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to work um, in green uh, synthesis or environmentally friendly techniques to functionalize polymers. Uh, from there, I started my industrial career in an adhesion pressure sensitive company uh, called Avery Denison, where I push innovation from the bench all the way to the commercialization. And I joined Bridgestone four, almost four years ago okay. because that uh, adhesion expertise uh, is studying new bonding technologies for the retreading system. And um, two years ago, I have had the um, uh, amazing opportunity to work in the sustainability business uh, group with Eric Seidel, where I am in between the technical and the business team, driving and executing all our sustainability commitments. 
Yeah. Well, I know I, I first met Marcella at CES this year, the Consumer <laughs> Electronics Show in Las Vegas. We had a whole area around material circularity and some of the things that we are going to talk about today, but excited to really now bring some of these very forward for teammates and, and talk about it. Um, I think maybe let's start, Eric, as well with uh, the sustainable business, sustainability business office, right? Because this is relatively new in the last couple of years as we start to really focus the initiatives, the partnerships, the activity on a, on a business scaling model uh, around sustainability. So uh, we've had some guests that have mentioned it. We talked about green manufacturing. You know, Scott Damon, our COO, talked about Enlighten at the big level. Um, but for your team and your office, what is the sustainability business office focused on right now? Great question, especially <laughs> since we all know sustainability is part of every function in every business. Exactly, right? <laughs> so you can't really just, you know, but we have it in our, our title and our name. So yeah. I guess, um, well, the longstanding joke for those that people that know me, I can only count to three. So eight E's is too many. So we, re we really focus on two for ecology and energy. Yep. And a lot of our focus is on really bringing new exploratory businesses. And that could be the Waiuli business, which I know we've talked on, or the end-of-life tire recycle and renew business of turning tires from waste into wealth through different technology platforms. But it's to hit those two commitments, but more importantly, position ourselves to better meet emerging sustainability needs of our customers in the future, uh, as well as extract business value in doing it. So uh, that's really what we've been focused on is probably more like the Waiuli business and specifically end-of-life tire to recycling, either short-term through pyrolysis, things like Delta Energy, or longer-term, you've heard Landsat Tech. So, yeah. waste to wealth. <laughs> waste to wealth, focusing on energy and ecology, two E's at the top of that circle on the Bridgestone E8 commitment. Um, in the sustainable, I'm going to keep saying it wrong, the sustainability business office uh, at Bridgestone Americas. And so let's start to unpack, I yep. guess, a, a lot of those different things that, that you just introduced, but there's a lot of different uh, acronyms. We love our acronyms at Bridgestone, and we're, we're going to try to explain some of these today um, and help people understand. Um, material circularity, or the MCN, material circularity number. Now, this has been a topic of conversation. Very recently, we just had a big announcement about this uh, with a new tire that we're, we're rolling out or, and a kind of a goal that we're moving towards as a roadmap. Um, but what was the big announcement around material circularity numbers in tires, and why are we so excited about it? Um, it's a ratio, so this is going back to my engineering days, but maybe why I'm in business now and not in engineering, but <laughs> it's a simple percentage or ratio. If you think about the total weight of either any recycled or renewable material, not petroleum-based, not mined, is the numerator. The denominator is the total weight of the tire. So okay. the more, let's say, sustainable or recycled renewable content like natural rubber or recovered carbon black or uh, natural or synthetic rubber made from end-of-life tires, you increase your ratio of how good that is or how you know sustainable sourcing is versus the total weight of the tire. Yeah, and so the idea I, it seems very straightforward. You would want to aspire to get a 100% material circularity number on a tire. But to your point, it's not just saying this is made from recycled materials. It's this combination of recycled and reusable materials that are all weighted into this scenario, yeah? Yeah, specifically recycled and renewable. Mm -hmm. okay. So like natural renewable, rubber. Renewable, not yeah, reusable. Terminology rubber. is important Termino here. Wyuli yes. or natural rubber from Liberia would be renewable. Okay. Recycled carbon black or carbon black made from tire pyrolysis oil could be part of the recycled part. So it's, it's more about responsible materials and trying to increase that 
which in, has, in, in essence decreases things like petroleum or mine-based steel and other petroleum-based products. Gotcha. And so we just had a big announcement around this recently, right? What was that that we're so excited about? Yeah, yeah. indeed. Very exciting news. <laughs> and this has been the uh, cross-functional hard work of um, a whole cross-functional team. And I want to take this uh, chance to yeah. acknowledge those teammates who work uh, for the past year uh, to make this a successful um, it, so we have here the we sustainable tire. Right next to me. Right. For those who watch the video, this tire may look the same, but it's not. It is a very different new addition to the studio that Marcella has had shipped down for this purpose. Yeah. It should it should look the same because it is <laughs> by it design. Is exactly. Same by design, same performance. <laughs> um, but indeed this this tire has uh, seventy five percent sustainable content, uh thirty eight percent recycled uh recycled and thirty eight percent renewable content. Uh, this is three times uh, the sustainable content of a controlled tire. Uh, we made 200 tires um, in our energy efficient Aiken facility. Hmm. And this is designed for the electrical uh, crossovers on SUVs uh, vehicles. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of exci exciting things to tell about this on sustainable tire um, because it is it is an initiative that integrates all the pillars of sustainability for Bridgestone. So first of all, uh, starting from the sourcing of the material, so working in a ecosystem of co-creation with our partners to mm -hmm. get uh, renewable and recycled materials. Uh, secondly, taking advantage of all our expertise here in Bridgestone, in sustainable materials, in material science, in tire design, and in manufacturing. Because there is uh, the array of different raw materials new, newly used in the tire. Uh, so we are designing for not compromising the performance and also easy integration in our manufacturing. Um, if I can elaborate a little bit more in sure. terms of the um, sustainable materials that we have used, um, we are using uh, domestic source of natural rubber. Mm -hmm. So maybe you have heard of it, Guayuli. Guayuli, yes. We will say it as often as we can here. Yes, yes. Exactly. I'm, I'm working to get the next addition to the studio we want is a Guayuli shrub to sit in the window for, for Clark, who mans our studio here, yes. But we'll okay. get there. <laughs> so we will get production of natural oil yes. out of this studio. I like it. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. We are also using um, from Firestone Polymers, the sustainable synthetic rubber, so leveraging our uh, strengths in, in terms of designing of new polymers. So we are using uh, sustainable bio and um, butadiene rubber that comes from vegetable oils or uh, recycled called butadiene rubber that comes from plastic bags, all using the mass balance approach. Uh, we are also using sustainable uh, carbon black. So that sustainable carbon black may come from tire pyrolysis oil or uh, tall oil. Uh, that's in terms of the reinforcement of the um, of the rubber. And in that as well, we have the rice husk silica, okay. which is um, is is taken from the residue of a uh, agronomic process of the of the rice, and then we take advantage of extracting the silica out of that residue, and then we can put it back into the tire where it has great performance as well. Yeah, I mean it's so natural. We're just taking rice husk and pulling stuff out of it, and we put it in a tire. It's exactly. Amazing. This yes. is what when we talked to to Bill, it's been a couple of years now, honestly. But we had him and Dave Dierig on and talked about the Waiuli farm and and these other materials. And it's amazing to see like that was early in the process of what now the tire is that's sitting next to me is exploring 
a lot of these different it's material science paths. Exactly, yeah. it's integrating everything in one single um, tire, right? So mm -hmm. all our sustainable technologies and all the raw materials that we are producing uh, internally, uh, like the guayule, so how to use it in the tire. Uh, we are also, also using recycled steel um, mm -hmm. and some um, bio-oils and bio-resins. Uh, so I say different pillars and sustainability. So we talk about the, um, uh, the supply chain, uh, the technical expertise, uh, also the third-party verification, because this is another component mm -hmm. of the tire. This is coming from an IACC certified facility on first tire that was produced using the IACC certification and mass yeah. balance approach. And all, all in all, is is a tangible proof of the leadership of Bridgestone in terms of sustainability. So something that we can take to our customers, uh, it is not in paper, it's something that they can see, they can drive, they can test. And uh, testing what is the most important um, sustainability aspects uh, for our customers and what resonate the most uh, with the consumer. Yeah, and let's be clear, right? So this is a short run kind of production at the moment. I guess what exactly. to Marcella's point, mm -hmm. two hundred of these have been made really to talk to stakeholders about it, right? So that they can see and understand the process, the science behind it. These are not for sale on the open road at, at the moment. For the right, right price. <laughs> we have rich, well, not, rich well, mix. Come no. on now, come on. No, we can't, we can't be doing it. But yeah, so, but this is, it's it's helping us tell the story and getting more people to understand these things that we talk about on the larger spectrum, right? Um, and I'll say, I always take an opportunity to connect the dots on the podcast. That is in season two, when we talk to Bill and Dave about Waiuli. So please go back and refresh yourself on that episode. If you want to learn more about our desert shrub, that is uh, now a, an alternate source of natural rubber. Um, I wonder. Can I add, add one, one thing too? I mean, yeah. tie back to, I'm just trying to drive more you know, yeah. views for your other podcast. But That's what I'm here I, about. Th this is truly a, a hero demonstration tire of the horizontal enlightened That's where business I was going to go. I mean, we're on the same Great page. Great minds, here. Eric. Yes. But, but I think, you know, demonstrating as Marcel talked, you had to go talk to a whole bunch of different partners and suppliers, some that already had these materials, some that had to go develop it. And you're pulling it. So all these different levers, new partnerships, new suppliers, new processes, you know, the... The polymer uh, facilitate, uh, facility that made the monomer was the first certified ISC plant. Aiken was the very first manufacturing plant, so it has a BMG team they needed to lean in. We needed sustainable procurement to come in. We needed you know, every piece along that value chain end-to-end -end within that horizontal business strategy. This helped bring it, those discussions to a tangible project that we could go back to our customer or su our suppliers with all the way to the consumer research and to take in front of new fleets or OEM customers. So I think this is truly a demonstration of that integrated strategy across the entire yeah, value chain. Which is what Scott Damon was just telling us about two Correct. episodes ago, the horizontal value chain uh, aspect of Enlighten as a strategy. And then part of what he was saying is a technology stack or what drives the attributes becomes these different materials that Marcella just shared. So it ties the whole, yeah. it's a rug that ties the whole room together, everybody. And, and, and each nice. one of those materials has its own story. And the learning yeah. we have here will go towards probably another tire you're going to hear about over the coming weeks. And we'll continue to kind of learn. But I think this is part of the journey. It's complex to solve all these sustainability needs of higher MCM or, sure. or the ecology commitment, lower CO2 emissions, but without giving any sacrifices on quality or performance yeah. so. which is the enlightened approach right and, and, and enlightened like you mentioned we've got these goals for 2050 right of co2 and re reusable materials in our products and these are all 
we had Greg Harris from manufacturing turning over every rock. We've got to explore these different pathways to start chipping away at reaching that goal for the long-term scenario, right? It's a team so, effort. Yeah, sustainability is a journey and yeah. it takes a village. So Marathon, yeah. not a sprint. Mm -hmm. Well, what's been, I guess, the feedback, right? You're using this to talk to some stakeholders, some business partners about uh, this approach. How, what's been the, the, how has it resonated so far? Yeah, very well so far. So okay. I, I, for, first from the, the big press release that you saw, I think yeah. very positive response. And there were other tire uh, announcements of tire competitors out sure. there with other percentages. But this we, is the, we are not a, everybody wants a hundred percent circular. Yeah, and tire. we're all going to yeah. get there. But I think yeah. you know having a you know the certification process to go with it, so it's third party verified, which is important to our customers. Sure. Was, was new and the materials were new and what what the content. But if the partner. Uh, feedback has been very positive. So, you know, we talked about the enlightened horizontal business mm -hmm. strategy. So we've had other raw material suppliers say, hey, how can I be part of the journey? Can I offer up other other materials? So it's kind of like, hey, we're open for business type scenario. Yeah. So we haven't even new technology providers that are ramping up new materials or, or existing suppliers that maybe, you know, come to us with some other solutions. And then from the, the customer standpoint, uh, feedback has been positive and now we have if it's fleets or OEM saying hey can I learn more about this tire and what yeah. now we can start teasing out what's really important to them is it is it the energy and the ability to lower their scope 3 co2 emissions or is it the material circularity number and some circular story so it's helping us have conversations again from the raw material partners to even new partners that we don't do business with today um, also with our customers as well yeah and I, I know Marcella mentioned ISC certification and so I, I do think we want to help explain to people what this is, because it is important in a couple of different ways, right, is the certification itself. But then, like we said, the tire that we brought in here today was made in an ISC certified uh, facility, the first one uh, in Aiken that we have. Um, but it's International Sustainability and Carbon Certification. So ISCC or ISC certification. Marcelo, what is it and why <laughs> is it so important to us right now? Yes, ISCC, International Sustainability and Carbon Certification. <laughs> <laughs> it is a third party, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a recognized third party verification system that looks into the uh, traceability of each of the sustainable raw materials to the supply chain. Um, specifically, we are using the ISCC plus mass balance approach, which has been the, um, from the last 10 years, the most uh, recognized and used in the chemical industry. And I will say maybe in the last two to three years, um, adopted by end, end products and, and recognized for end consumers. Um, so in the, with using the mass balance approach, uh, companies have the um, flexibility to mix uh, fossil-based materials with recycled or um, bio-based uh, sustainable materials that comes into your manufacturing. Uh, so you have the flexibility of mixing these in the same manufacturing process, but through a um, bookkeeping process, you separate um, the fossil-based versus the uh, bio-circular or bio-circular base, uh, and then you can allocate those sustainable attributes to certain products based on your customer needs or on on certain internal um, uh, metrics and every every part of the process on the bookkeeping process on the entire supply chain uh, you have a third party who is verifying um, the ver veracity traceability of these uh, sustainable raw materials it's one thing for us to make a statement ourselves but to have it verified by the reputable third party that is the standard to a sense right mm -hmm. um, and so we talked about the facility in Aiken is certified or has received this designation 
certification. What is, do we have a number of facilities or I guess what is going on around getting that certification across Bridgestone right now? Yes. <laughs> So Bridgestone is pioneering in the certification process. Uh, so here in the Bridgestone Americas, we have four facilities so far that have been certified. Uh, when we count the Bridgestone Europe and then also Bridgestone Japan, there are two more that have been certified. Uh, so we can start with the vertically integrated raw material suppliers. So Firestone Polymer, the polymer pilot plant uh, in Akron was the first site certified from Bridgestone, um, then followed by the Lake Charles facility, which is the um, manufacturing facility for polymers as well. And then, as you say, for our Aiken facility for the passenger Aiken side, that was the first tire manufacturing plant that was certified here in the Americas. And then our um, tire racing uh, facility in Akron mm -hmm. also got uh, the certification. So really very thankful and congratulations to all uh, the manufacturing sites and uh, thank you for all the support in terms of uh, sustainability uh, commitments and also in this journey for getting our sites uh, to be certified an exciting path forward indeed we, we also did an episode on the atpc the advanced tire production center which is the race tire manufacturing exactly. uh, that now is certified so great mm -hmm. to hear that and and we'll kind of be sure to track this as it goes forward for these other facilities. Um, but six globally, um, four in BSAM is a, is a good number to start with. We like that. From a business standpoint, I think the certification, not only from the claim, so you can avoid the greenwashing because this is, this sure. is d doing it in the right way is really important. But I think the other I want to reinforce, we're pioneering new materials. We're pioneering a new space here. So it takes a while to scale this up. And by doing the mass balance approach, which is accepted in other chemical industries and the plastic industry, that really helps us out. So you don't have to keep everything segregated because that would, that would, that would be a significant challenge on <laughs> on costs and manufacturing sites to be able to do this. So it's a you're doing the right things and we're doing it in a responsible um, business step by step approach. Gotcha. Um, if we could just keep going down the acronym list, if that's all right. I've got a couple more to talk about. Uh, ELT, which is end-of-life tires. Um, we've had a couple of mentions. This is just a great episode of callbacks happening right here. I like this for, for our touch points. Um, but in one of our conversations about corporate strategy and partnerships, we mentioned Lanza Tech, uh, yep. which is, is part of this process of breaking down end-of-life tires. Um, but ELT, end-of-life tires, we obviously want to put a lot of focus here. What is kind of uh, the exploration focus right now that we're going on? And is it just Lanzatech or I guess what is the high level overview of that space? Yeah. Great, great question. Great acronym. Hey. Too, but, um, <laughs> and I'm going to hopefully we'll we grade go, them all at the we end. We can move we'll from ELT <laughs> to maybe WTW for waste, waste to wealth. But sure. But again, you know, we we'll have get a t-shirt. We have all of these. There we go. <laughs> we, we have a responsibility, right? Right now, end of life tires are suboptimally used. So there, there's a commitment aspect of it. And there's also a business. If we can keep these tires and put them to a higher value chain, there's economic value there. And there's also potential for, uh, potential for circularity, like the MCM of mm -hmm. getting it back into a, a closed loop circular solution, or maybe it's an open loop aspect from a, from a financial standpoint. So I would say there's different um, a portfolio of initiatives from open loop, which would put it into, uh, you know, keep it out of landfills and not burning it. It could be uh, ast AstroTurf filler or rubberized mm -hmm. asphalt, some other things that aren't core to Bridgestone, but it could be a better, uh, better outcome. Within closed loop, the one that probably we don't talk about as much, but 
that's been out there and proven already is Delta Energy with its a paralysis as a technology pathway, covered carbon black, which shows up in the tire behind you and a lot of other tires. It also has that tire paralysis oil, TPO, another acronym for your, your next next podcast, which can be blended in, which is a serious thing. So that, that not only enables circularity, but it also has 85% less CO2 emissions versus a petrol-based uh, uh, carbon black that we get today. So here's Delta. It's something we're already recycling today. We have a minority investment. We're already putting it in our tires, and it helps us on both our ecology and energy commitment. So that's something we're doing today. So things like Lanzatech announcement, which isn't the paralysis technology pathway, but it's gasification of tires and then fermentation of the of the syngas that's uh, burned off in that process and turning it back into the pure chemical ethanol as a pathway to synthetic rubber is what's next. Well, I, but I, and I want to just reiterate because I think how you described it when you talk about we have an array we have a portfolio of things we're exploring and i think the idea of open loop versus closed loop is important for people to remember yep. because we talk a lot about the lanza tech and the and the recycled carbon block which is the end of the life of the tire the t the aspects of the tire go back into recreating materials for a, a new tire yep. so that's closed loop within the tire world but then that open loop is alternate end uses for a tire once it's done being a tire. So you're talking about the the asphalt, rubber, uh, you know, the the different breakdown of, of rubber pellets and things like that. So exploring all of those things because we we need to explore every option to keep moving on the goals for 2050. Yeah, it's right? the responsible yeah. thing to do. Every yeah. year, 290 million passenger <laughs> tires are going end of life a year. So yeah. yes, we want the Delta for the every tire closed loop circularity and the lands sure. attack, but a lot of those other open loop, which means we're still reusing and recycling it and it's staying out of landfill, extending mm -hmm. their life. It could be rubberized floor mats for your car floor, you yeah. know, or there's lots of other avenues and we're pursuing all of them. They all probably have, some are shorter term, more readily available. Um, some might be more economical viable. Some of them might have a better CO2 impact. And sure. some of them, the circularity, obviously, we're going to double down and put a lot of our resources there because we're trying to keep the tire material in the tire loop. So Yeah. Well, I, I like these conversations because when we mention the word sustainable, like people think it's some narrative. It's a whole platform of ideas to explore that all drive sustainable behaviors. It's a mindset, really, more than anything. And it's as helpful to connect the dots. Um, the next one I have is LCA, or Life Cycle Assessment. And I will admit, I know nothing about, not that I know a lot about the other ones we've talked about. Uh, so I'm very interested to be educated. Uh, Marcella, what is LCA, or Life Cycle Assessment? So early on in the podcast, we were talking about the MCN, which mm -hmm. is uh, the uh, ecology part. So the LCA, Life Cycle Assessment, emphasized that um, energy uh, mm -hmm. factor. So it is a method to evaluate the environmental impact um, in the entire life of the product. So we are talking from the extraction of the raw material to the transportation, um, to the manufacturing of your tire, to the transportation of that tire to, the, to your customer. So that's called, called cradle to gate. And then when you, you continue to add the use of the tire and then the end of life of the tire, then that's ca called cradle to grave. Mm -hmm. Now, why is important? So it's not only important that we increase the uh, renewable and recycled content uh, on our products, but it's also important to understand what other environmental impact has uh, on, on the different uh, stages in, into the room, into, into the tire. 
we have a different stages, the opportunity to optimize for each of yeah. those ones. So in terms of the raw materials, uh, we can uh, ask our suppliers for uh, lower carbon footprint into their, into their raw materials. In terms of manufacturing, uh, we just had an episode on the green practices for manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So how to increase the, uh, in, uh, how to make a more energy efficient our manufacturing, mm -hmm. how to use renewable energies. Um, so that's decreasing the environmental impact on, on that side. Now the use of the tire. So we are talking about rolling resistance. Uh, so decreasing the rolling resistance of the tire and also maybe the longevity of the tire. So it lasts uh, longer. And then when we talk about the opportunities for the end of life tires, so all of these technologies Technologies will also either will uh, decrease significantly the uh, environmental impact. So if we talk specifically about the CO2, so which one will be the best avenue uh, to have that end of life tire uh, to decrease completely the footprint uh, in terms of CO2 for for your tires? Yeah. No, I, I mean, as you explain it, I'm like, I think life cycle assessment, I maybe could have pieced that together in my mind because it really is. Like you said, cradle to gate, which is gate is the begin use of the product. So all of the procurement and the manufacturing, the transportation, cradle to grave then becomes the gate to grave is the use of the product until its end of life tire, which we just talked about the recycling aspect of it. Um, but assessing where in there we can optimize all of that and holding ourselves accountable to make that process continuously better. Uh, that there just, you go. <laughs> I look at me. I'm I'm learning yes. all the way through. Um, I really appreciate. It. I, the one thing I didn't add is we've talked about Waiuli. I mean, there, that's continuing to move forward, expand and scale. We got a USDA Climate Smart Grant. We're really making moves on in continuing to invest there to scale the supply that we're getting from Waiuli in the Southwest United States. Um, so another example of something that people are maybe a little more familiar with now, but we continue to double down in and, and see it grow in scale. Yeah, yeah. No, I you got to have Waiuli mentioned in probably everything. That's uh, why. Every sustainable uh, podcast. But Once you learn to pronounce it, you say it as many <laughs> yeah. times as you can. There was one customer kept on calling it guacamole, but, <laughs> but we, we, we'll, we'll focus on Waiuli. But but the USDA Climate Smart Grant is a, is a great example. Of we're, we're moving from R&D phase. You know, we saw yeah. it in one Music City you know, race. Now it's in all five races, and we're, we're going more. But the Climate Smart Grant is $35 million over five years, which helps us go from, let's say, 200 acres to 10 times that, 2,000, yeah. to 10 times that, 20,000. So really ear, uh, helping the agriculture and farming community come along and adopt a new crop that's harvested every couple of years. So that's great there. And I think the other aspect from a commercialization standpoint are there's some key investment criteria to go to this full commercialization plant. If you got to get the rubber yield up there, that's all the genetics. I think we just had a Bridgestone Award on some internal yeah. uh, modeling that we did in-house in to help us on that genetics rubber yield. And then from a total, again, sustainability business to go back to, you know, yeah. what do we all do? This natural rubber domestic industry we're growing here has other products, latex, yeah. resins, the bagasse, the shrub itself. But it has uh, benefits there, and we're, we're going to extract value, just like we're going to extract rubber, but in all these other uh, domestic uh, business development areas as well. So we're progressing on the agriculture standpoint, the USDA SMART grant, as well as all the, the business, not just within tire rubber, but all the products. So Yeah. Looking forward to seeing it all come together in the future on the journey, because it's a journey. 
It's not a sprint. We're going to get there together. Um, thank you both for helping inform, for helping explain acronyms, give us some definitions of glossary terms. Um, and again, a lot of dots connecting is what we try to do here. Tangible examples of what we speak about at a high level of our goals, our vision. Um, but all of these things are in motion, which is a super exciting thing in different stages, but all of it moving forward at the same time. So Eric, thanks for taking a few minutes. Marcella, thanks for coming by. We're going to watch it grow as we go forward. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Keith. Hopefully, this conversation helps continue to show that sustainability lives everywhere across Bridgestone with every business unit, function, and really every individual teammate being able to make an impact in some way. If you want to learn more about our recent 75% material circularity tire that's sitting behind me here in the studio, uh, want to learn more about Wyuli or Lanzatech or any of these other activities and initiatives mentioned, you can find a lot of great information on our media and press release pages of BridgestoneAmericas.com. If you like this chat, be sure to listen to some of our other conversations as well, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And remember, you can watch episodes as well on our Bridgestone Americas YouTube page. Wherever you hear us, watch us, feel free to give us a rating or a review. Tell us how we're doing. And you can always send us a question or a topic idea, uh, as well as feedback via email at thrivepodcast at bfusa.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Keith Colley, reminding you, as always, to keep on keeping on. And remember that at Bridgestone, today, tomorrow, together, we thrive. Be good, everybody. <laughs>